there, dream seekers. Welcome to the Dream Hub podcast, where we dive deep into the world of dreams and personal growth. I'm Melissa, your host and dream guide on this incredible journey. Imagine a space where your dreams hold the key to unlocking your best life, where every night's adventure carries a message meant just for you. In this podcast, we're all about tapping into the wisdom of dreams to help you find your purpose, heal your soul and live your fullest life. I share captivating stories from my own dream journey and I sit down with other dream experts who will open up a world of possibilities. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by a truly inspiring individual who's on a mission to help us embrace our true selves and live a life authentically. Please give a warm welcome to Dean Bentley, the host of the Weird Way podcast and a curator of transformative experiences. Dean, it's an honor to have you here. I've been diving into the weird way and your unique approach to exploring life's deeper questions. Tell us, what led you to create a podcast centered around living true to our souls? Thank you, Mel. Firstly, I just want to say that it is an absolute pleasure to be here and yeah, be welcomed onto this show. Um, I always enjoy having these conversations and knowing you personally and being able to have these interactions. It's always filled my soul to meet another dreamer who is willing to dive into the depths of themselves. And I, I think that's such a important quality in people to be like curious about what can happen, especially in the dream state, but also in life. And for me, I guess that's a big part of what brought me to the Weird Way podcast, because for the longest part of my life, I didn't really know what it meant to be myself. Like the first 20 years, I'd say, I didn't really know who I was like that. That was my journey. And it, it took me getting to that point where I was pretty depressed and anxious and didn't know who I was in this world to actually be like, oh, I'm not being myself. There's something off here. And I had to go through that pain of like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I like. I don't know who I want to be in this world and to feel very trapped and limited. And so like what led me to the weird way was my own journey on that path of being like, I have no idea who I am. I don't know how to be myself. I don't know that it's actually possible to embrace my weird because I see myself now and I'm like, oh, I'm a little bit different when I look at mainstream society. Like, I, I don't believe people will be able to view this video, but in the background there, you can see my altar and it's got a big crystal ball. It's got a snake wrapped around the crystal ball. There's all this like other eclectic things that, I collect and I deeply enjoy and if I knew that this existed for most of my life maybe it would have been easier for me to find myself so a big part of the weird way is for me I want to give that opportunity to others I want to show them that they don't have to be who they think they have to be and they can be who they are because I never learned that lesson until I got to that point where I didn't want to be here and it was that moment where I was like, oh, there's actually another way. And I'm not saying that people don't need to go on this journey, but podcasts were my opening. Like I, I remember finding them and they really started my spiritual awakening. And I was like, oh my God, people are talking about consciousness. They're talking about like trauma. They're talking about psychic evolution. They're talking about dreams, like psychedelics. They're talking about how to be a better person. And it changed my life. And 
So I wanted to bring more of this conversation. I wanted to see how, as people, we could raise our collective vibration and evolve our consciousness to be like, oh, there's more in this world. There's more possible. So that that's what brought me to the weird way to share that message, to allow other people these conversations that have changed my life and to open up new perspectives. Because I, I know I'm not right with everything. I know, but I have an awareness and I like to bring awareness and ideas and perspective to people so then they can choose for themselves. Because I don't believe people should live like me, but I believe they should live like them. And for me, that means to have choice. And so that's why I want them to be on their weird way because I believe people are weird we're different, we're wild, we're eclectic, we're strange, and we're unique. And when I see someone like you, Mel, like going so deeply into dreams, that fills my soul because it's like, yes, you're, you're who you are. You're willing to share that with the world. And that excites me because I feel you in that. I feel you alive. I feel your passion. I feel your devotion. And I love when I get to meet people like that. And I want more of that in this world. Yes, thank you. I definitely resonate with you. You're so open now and courageous. And obviously you've been through a lot in your past to make you the way that you are. And the thing that I noticed in what you were saying there is you didn't really know who you were through your 20s or, you know, up until then. And I really resonate with that. And I feel a lot of our listeners probably would because, you know, in school, we're told what to think about and it's very much fit in a box and this is the way the world is. And if like our personalities are, they're not a bit much, but to other people, people think we're a little bit much, but we're just enough. We're perfectly ourselves. And I too didn't really know who I was. And a um, podcast really did help me to learn a lot about myself and a lot about dreams as well. And yeah, I've been on this like self-discovery journey and yeah, podcasts really helped me too, which is why I was like, everyone needs to know about this. Like we need to share our stories. So thank you for being on that that journey with me and for kind of pioneering the way for others. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really fascinating how dreams and like, the subconscious, conscious, like all these different things that we don't learn about in school actually really illuminate our paths in life. You've mentioned to me conscious creatorship. And could you give us a glimpse into like what that means to you and how it ties into your offerings? Yeah, definitely. So to me, this idea of conscious creatorship, like I, I like to strip it back of, because I believe each person has a vision here they want to bring into this world and something that's unique to their soul. So I, I believe that in that we're, kind, we're the artist of the world. Each of us has a little piece of art to bring into the world. And each of us can bring that through, but at times we can get disconnected. We can try and bring it through in a way that's not aligned. It can feel like, especially in the entrepreneurial world, there can be a lot of hustle culture. I need to push, I need to force, I need to make this happen. And when I've done that, because I have been in that world where I was forcing, I was pushing, I was trying to make it work. 
Like I ended up burning out. My nervous system was shot. I was so stressed. I'd wake up at seven o'clock, start working. And then by like, you know, nine o'clock at night, I'd be finished and I'd go to bed stressed. And it wasn't a way that was sustainable and it affected business and it didn't really work in the way that I truly desired it to work. And so to me, this idea of conscious creatorship is actually bringing it back to what is unique to us, what is our own soul gifts that we want to bring into this world. So to me, that meant stripping back a few layers and coming back to, oh, what, what, what's unique for myself? What do I want to bring into this world? And to actually being, bringing conscious awareness to, oh, I was hustling. Like I've been on this journey for, you know, over five years and I was in, I got caught up in that hustle culture because I was like, maybe if I just get there and I, I forewent my own consciousness to get somewhere. I was like pushed beyond my own means. I neglected my practices and I believe that's why my business at some points, it didn't continue because it, it, my energetic system, my body couldn't handle the load that was coming in. My nervous system wasn't like open. My energetic system wasn't open to receive any more money, any more like income. And so my business was like, you're not, you're not capable of holding this. So I'm going to get like destroyed and you'll have to rebuild this in a way that's actually aligned. Mm. So when I speak to this of others, I believe we can actually bring through our gifts in an aligned way. And for me, this means at times I still work a lot. But it feels evil. It's not like I need to do this. It's like I fucking want to do this. Like I'm passionate about this. I'll spend hours doing this because I actually desire to do it rather than I feel I need to do it. Mm. So this idea of conscious creatorship is about creating, bringing out gifts to our world, building a business if that's what you feel called to and using that as a means to bring our soul into the world because that's how I see business as a vehicle to bring more of my soul into this world because I believe my soul mission here is to help other people be who they are and my business is a means to do that and to do that in a way that's aligned so working with the nervous system or are we attuning to ourselves are we knowing where we're pushing ourselves and knowing when we need to take a step back are we aware of the energetics that are playing out? Are we aware of what intention we're coming into a conversation, a sales call, like business in? Are we trying to get something or are we trying to give? Am I trying to force or am I open to receiving? Because I've found the difference in these within myself and my own business and continue to attune to this. And I still know I've got a long way to go on the journey, but it's this idea that there's another way. It doesn't have to be like how we thought it has to be. And there's a slowness, there's an awareness of how we do it, why we do it, because that's a big thing. Are we doing it for the money or are we doing it because this is what excites me? This is what I want to give to the world because this is what feels unique to me. Like I, I could go do other things and make more money. I know I have the capabilities to do that, but my soul wouldn't feel filled with that. And this is what I tell my clients and my people I work with, like they could go off and they could just build a business for the sake of it. But if they were to like just do that and get to that point where they're successful, they have money, 
everything they want. And they, there's a part of them that wanted to feel fulfilled. And so what's the point? So this idea is to bring it back to the cells and be like, oh, what is true for us? What wants to emerge from our own gifts and lead from that place? So that for me is what conscious creatorship is really about. That's so deep and I love it. Yeah, I definitely resonate with that as well of doing a job that seems like it just makes sense and it's what everybody else is doing or what like looks good on paper. And it took me a while to actually, like you said, strip things back. And it usually takes a whole mental breakdown for someone to even realize what they actually are here to do on earth. And I um, I really feel you in that it, it did take me not wanting to be here on this earth and being checked into the suicide ward at the hospital before my soul actually knew what I wanted to do. And it's really sad that so many people will force themselves in these jobs that they are so unhappy in and unfulfilled by because that's what society has told them they should be doing. You know, we grew up with parents saying you need to be good at school, you know, go to uni, do this, study this. And it's like you kind of just get pushed in a way and you think you're doing the right thing, but it's not what your actual soul's purpose is. And yeah, if you'd asked me five years ago, what are you doing with your life? Like, what's your soul's purpose? I probably wouldn't have even been confident enough to say I had a, a purpose. I didn't know. I was very lost. And like to this day, I can stand up so proudly and be like, teaching dreams is my sole purpose and I love doing it and I'm so passionate about it. And yeah, it took a breakdown, but then it took not being afraid to listen to what my dreams have to say to me and actually turning and looking into the scary parts of my life and seeing, you know, what was I suppressing? What was I shutting out? Because the things that are being shut out are often the most important and where we should really be looking. Um, I'm wondering, I know that you're into shadow work and that you you coach on that. And that was sort of, I was doing shadow work, but I didn't know that I was actually doing shadow work, if you know what I mean. Um, and that does link in a lot with dreams as well. And touch on this topic in any way that you'd like but the things that I'm curious about there's a few things is like what did dreams help guide you into what you should be doing um and did they help kind of illuminate any shadow work that you needed to do so that you could see clearly sort of where you were going wrong or where you needed to focus your attention in a way that could be healing towards yourself Yes, definitely. And, and and before I go down this rabbit hole, like there was something really alive that I wanted to bring because I, I really connected to that part where it's like my, my soul or I had to get to that point that was rock bottom nearly for me to follow my soul. And the piece of awareness that I really want to bring in this is that for me, I believe the soul is actually ha having the best intention for us. And it can be like, why am I in so much pain? Why am I, you know, hitting rock bottom? And it can be like, oh, my soul hates me. It's push putting me through the crap. And no, like for me, I believe that's because it loves us. Because it's like, hey, you need to live the life that you're here for. And it will put us through the pain so we, that 
that we learn and come back to our purpose because it's it's true to tell us, hey, there's another way. You're here for something else. You're here for another way. And and like I think this is a segue into your question of how does this connect to like shadow work and dreamscape and my own experience in that. And I feel to like backtrack to when I was a kid, when I was about 11, I would often have nightmares and, and these would be like me having dreams of being drowned, like big tidal waves coming and enveloping me, falling off cliffs, getting eaten a lot. Like there'd often be these dreams where I'd get eaten by dinosaurs, zombies, machines, whatever it was. And when, when I consider that now, like I had, I would have say what I would consider to be, um, a mother complex where I felt I wasn't safe around my mom or I didn't feel like I felt controlled. And this is a thing with a lot of young boys and, you know, we can go into the masculine psychology where there needs to be a separation from the mother at some point and we don't have that in modern day society. And so for me, these dreams, like when I reflect on them, they showed me, oh, I felt controlled. I didn't feel safe. I felt the feminine, which my mother represented because I see water as a feminine. I'd see these monsters as more the dark feminine, like the earthly, the grotesque, the very dark feminine. I, I didn't feel safe enough around them. So and they would consume me. And what I see that as is they took away my power, my masculinity. They um, emasculated me. And so a lot of the shadows there that I can see from them dreams was, oh, my journey since a lot of this has been building a healthy relationship with the feminine, my own feminine, and being like learning to trust her, learning to trust life and bring that back and being like, oh, I can... I can have boundaries, I can trust that, I can say no to that. So a lot of my dreams, they show me where the work is. So now I can be like, oh, they showed me the parts of me that didn't feel safe, that wasn't able to say no. They felt overridden, overwhelmed by this feminine force. And so the shadow that I wasn't aware of at that time is that that was what I felt in my family dynamic, that I felt controlled by my mom. Mother. And often in dreams, I may not know what they mean at the time. And so, and then I'll come back to them and I'll be like, oh, that's what that means. And I gain a new awareness around them, which for me is powerful. At times I wake up and I'm like, I know what that meant. And that, that feels really good when I do that. But for me, it's a continued process of unpacking because like for me, the shadow is that unconscious, so I am unconscious of it, and I need to increase my awareness to actually bring consciousness into it so I can see better. I can illuminate them shadows and bring them into the light, and that, that can be a really powerful journey. It's really hard to know what your dreams mean straight away, and even personally, I have so many dreams that I don't understand, um, which is funny, obviously, because I'm a dream teacher and a dream therapist, but it is always great to chat it out with somebody else because you get that outsider's perspective. And I'm always going to my husband, Sam, with my dreams. And it's so obvious to him what they are. But to me, uh, you know, I kind of, my ego kind of hides the meaning of things that I'm choosing 
not to see the truth about. So yeah, it is great to make sure that you're writing your dreams down and going back and looking through dream diaries at a later stage in your life. Like once you've done some healing and growth and things like that, I know when I read back of my dreams, I notice a whole bunch of different meanings standing out to me. And it is really interesting when you look at different perspectives as to what the dreams could possibly mean besides what you just think they mean straight away. And I love how you've been so uh, like introspective to be able to see that you see the feminine as water and that you were able to link that to your mother. And talking about that with the feminine and the mother, that brings me on to the topic of archetypes. Exploring archetypes within dreams, that helps us to tap into universal symbols that connect us all. You know, we all have a mother, whether she's present or not, and found that embracing these insights through archetypes has brought me closer to my authentic path. Could you share with us how dreams and archetypes have played a role in your personal journey of self-discovery? I feel there's a couple different places I want to go in this and looping back to our previous conversation about shadows and that I, I feel I want to share a dream that I remember of a situation. So there was a night where I went to a dark masculine men's embodiment workshop. And if, if you're not familiar with what the dark masculine is, it's like a little bit of the warrior, but it also embraces one's sexuality and like really owning that, willing to take up space, willing to claim one's desires. And it was at the time something that, you know, I had a little bit of awareness of, of connecting to different elements elements and archetypes such as a warrior but this was like the next level for me this was a new level where it was like oh my god i can do this i can like stand in the middle of the room feel my power and just like be in my sexual primal expression and that's okay and so that evening i had a dream and this is like something that i noticed when i follow the thread and i'm on path Often my dreams that evening when something big occurs will reiterate that I'm on purpose. And so that evening I had a dream where um, I, I would often have dreams where there was a shadow figure that would chase me or like fight me or like try and kill me in some shape or form. But that night, that evening, I was willing to face that shadow and like meet it. And what happened was it dissolved and I can't remember what happened, but I faced it and no longer was that shadow at play and the fear around it dissolved. Now, when I consider this in the context of archetypes, I look at that and I'm like, oh, that shadow representation was in a way an essence of my masculinity that I was afraid of, this dominating, this, um, this dark masculine essence that was powerful, it was strong, it was willing to like take, be direct and and up until that point, there was fear around that, that I hadn't fully claimed it. So in this moment, I had claimed that archetypal energy of this figure. And so my dreamscape, it, it showed me, oh, I no longer have to be afraid of this power. And of course, there's longer integrations and integrations within that for myself, and that it will always be my journey. But that moment, it was like, hey, you can meet this energy and no longer do you need to be afraid of it. And this is what often, like I find in an archetypal context, that 
they show me the points in where I need to meet myself or help bring awareness to it. So how I work with dreams is I, I work with them in multiple ways, but I'll consider like what that person represents to me. So I've often dreamt of an older mentor who's a, like, who's a close friend and he's also been a coach and he's a brother of mine and many different things. But when I dream of him, he has an archetypal energy. If not, he's my like friend and brother in my dreams. It's, oh, he's an archetypal representation of the mentor at times. He, he represents the mentor, the one who teaches me, the one that guides me in my dreams and in my life. And so when I dream of him, it's not that he represents the same person, but he represents that archetypal energy to myself. So I get to be like, oh, yes, he's my friend, but what does him as a friend mean to me? And what associations do I have that with that? So I get to consider it from that perspective and be like, oh, that means something else. And it's the same so a, a big one that I'm working with currently is the archetype of the muse. And this has been a common reoccurrence for me because I believe the archetype of the muse is closely interconnected to the like our soul's work, especially for men, because it's our inner, it's a part of our inner feminine, which is like pulls us into the world and it seduces us to go after what we want. And for me, I've I've often had these dreams where I would dream of different women and like they would be women I wasn't in relationship with or like wasn't connected with but I I, pro I had like admired them I thought they were beautiful and all of that and I'd dream of them and it'd be like oh that's a beautiful woman and like m the mind story at times would be like oh maybe I desire them I want to be with them or whatever it was but how I see that in an archetypal context if they were a representation of this muse archetype, the one that is calling my soul into this world and being like, oh, like, what's the thread here? Where is it pulling me? Like, what wants to draw me? And these women are beautiful, but it's not about the women. It's about something's pulling at my soul and it's asking me what that is. So last night I had one of these dreams actually, where there was a beautiful woman in it. And I was like, I spoke with my partner this morning and I shared that and like she knows this woman and she's like oh for her she represents a lot of joy and play and like this energy and I'm like oh that's been is a big integration point for me at this point in time so a lot of my work is leading from pleasure leading from joy how much pleasure and joy can I create from my purpose and so this woman who you know I somewhat know she was an archetypal representation of the muse and my partner's associations with her were around joy and play and this lightness. And that's it. That is a big integration point of what I'm bringing to my work right now. So by knowing that and seeing not the figure in my dreams as the person they are, but the archetypal representation of that, what they are, I can then somewhat distance myself from that and create an understanding and context of, oh, this person means something else. And I can see that meaning and then see how it applies, like this woman calling me into more joy, into more play within my work and realizing that's a big part of my soul and like a big part of my work because I can get very serious when I'm working at times. I can be like, I'm on purpose. I'm 
I'm doing the fin. I need to do it better. And to actually remember that a big part of it, why I do it, is play and joy and to come back to that. So, yeah, that that's how I can work with them and experience them. Uh, if only people could see how huge my smile is right now. I am loving this, honestly. It's so great to see that you understand and can share this as well because so many people will dream about someone of the opposite sex and then overthink it because they think, oh, no, am I bored of my partner? Am I dreaming of some, like, why am I dreaming of someone else? Or they'll just assume that it's, like you said, like something that they desire. Do I want this in my life? Like, you know, and they think that it's a very literal thing. And I love how understanding and insightful your partner is in the fact that she didn't get jealous. You know, if a lot of men, if they said, oh, I woke up and I dreamt of this beautiful woman, you know, a lot of women will be like, what? Why? What does she have that I don't, you know, and take it very personally when like, yes, it's a personal thing, but not in that way. And it's personal to you um, because it's an aspect of yourself. And that is a huge topic that I love to touch on and talk about. And I use within my dream therapy because so many people are like, oh, I had a dream of this person. Like, should I call them? Like, you know, maybe it means I want them. And it's like, no, no. Like, yes. What do they remind you of? What's their personality like? And are you missing that within yourself? It's a lot of the reasons why people dream of their exes. And it's not because you want to get back with your ex. It's just because mm. there's they have like a personality trait or an energy about them that since you separated, you're missing that within yourself because it's not getting brought up, you know, when you're not around them. You know, and it might be like the playful, joking, silly part. And so instead of getting on the phone and calling that ex, you should be looking within you, okay, if that's what they remind me of, like playful, fun, how can I bring that into my own life? without getting others involved. Yeah, I just love that. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that dream. I love hearing about other people's dreams. Do you have any other dreams that you wanted to share, like stuff that might have left a lasting impact on you or shifted your perspective or helped you to uncover deeper layers of your identity? So a big thing for me has been, I guess, the power of dreams to confirm the choices that I make in my life so I, I can I, I can gain insight from dreams but there's also been a iteration of dreams that have really confirmed my choices and really anchored that in so like I, I've been on this path for a while and I've I've stepped into a lot of spaces and like one of the one of the dreams that came through so was after I hosted my first men's fire circle and this was like beautiful experience. I was scared. I was nervous. I was like, oh, you know, all the imposter syndromes, all of that was coming up. And, you know, I did it anyway, which is what we need to do more often than not. And that night I dreamt of um, having a dream where I was given a boon, so a gift from a Native American man. And he, he gave this to me. And like for me, I woke up feeling so filled. I felt so nourished and it was like this representation and this confirmation that this was what i was meant to do and this is what felt good this was part of my soul and i get continue 
to get these iterations of different things. It's been that in many different situations where after a big choice, I would get given a gift in my dreamscape. And I, I, I do work in the shamanic space quite a bit. So like I do, like, I believe these items aren't just like dream representations. I believe like I'm creating my inner kingdom and, you know, taking that with in myself, but I've been given multiple gifts when I've been made these big decisions in the dream world and they'll land within me. It's like, oh, I receive that. I take that with me. Like I've received a cloak, a sword, a crown, like I've got been knighted as a king and all these different dreams where it's like, oh, that is me on path. And a recent one was where, um, if people are familiar with Jungian psychology, a lot of where they consider healing to occur within man, a man and when like they start to do go deeply into themselves is there will be an archetypal representation of the king come in and like this could be in so many different aspects but there's a lot of books that talk about man's dreaming and how when they begin to dream of a king like there's a deeper lane taking place and this occurred for me where i got crowned to king before that my brother was on the throne and he got taken off and I got put on the throne. I got given a crown and like there was other things occurring within that dream. But for me, my brother was someone I've looked up to my whole life. And he was someone I wanted the approval of, the validation of. And in that, I gave myself away, not because he wanted me to, but because I thought I had to, to be like him, to make sure I'd get the love and the validation from him. Um, because in a sense, he also represented a closer father figure as my father was more distant. And so in that dream, it was like, oh, claiming back my kingdom and really owning that and being like, oh, doing that. But in the dream, I also got given a sword, but the sword, I believe the handle wasn't like the sword was bent or it wasn't straight. It, there was something wrong with the sword. And so though I was given the kingdom, there was still this journey for me to go on to actually claim the full like kingdom by claiming my sword being like for me the sword represents like power directness ability to be swift strike like attack purpose like these elements i associate with that sword so i can see oh there's a deeper integration there within these aspects so i've made progress though i've been crowned king there's still like more journey to go on to build my kingdom and i think this is like something that dreams continue to show me of like like, I could have woke up after that dream and be like, oh, I got crowned king, but I got given a shitty sword, and that just means I'm not there yet, and, like, go into a self-deprecating mood. But it's like, oh, like, for me, and I we've spoken of this, where when you have a nightmare, you get excited by the dream. <laughs> and for me, there's, like, there's an excitement here of, like, oh, like, I've still got such a journey to go on ahead. And that feels me, because... I think so many people want to get there, but we we don't really. I don't want to get there and then be done. Like I, I want to continue this journey. And then this dream was just like, oh, I got crowned king. Yes. And also I've got more to go. But being excited, being like, oh, I'm like really proud of where I'm at. And I've got more to go and understand both polarities of that. Mm, that was great. So you've been given 
a spiritual thank you, basically, each time you do something in your waking life that confirms with your soul that you're on track with your soul's purpose and what you're here to do, which is obviously everything you've been explaining, a lot of um, guiding men. And I love how you're working with the symbols and actually thinking, okay, well, what does a sword mean to me? And using that as the guidance as to, you know, how to approach life next. You know, I I love how empowering those dreams must be for you. And I love waking up from dreams like that with just like, yeah, like a newfound power within you and a new way of looking at yourself and feeling within yourself that you you are powerful, like you you can be your own king or queen. And I love that your dreams are like, it's like a series. It's like a big journey. It's like, yeah. it's not just like a one-off episode. You've got like <laughs> multiple episodes and collector's items and everything going on there. And it just goes to show like, if you pay attention to remembering your dreams, there's such a deeper level to each of us that so many people kind of brush under the rug or don't give the respect that should be given. And what I've found personally is that it just really lifts me up on an inner level. And I used to be somebody who used to always look externally for validation and gratification. And now I don't really care what anybody else thinks. Um, you know, I'm appreciative when people like what I do and I can help them, but I don't really care if people don't like me or not. And my dreams help me to be that way. And it sounds like your dreams have helped you to be that way too, because in a in a world where we don't fit in a box, you know, we might be, yeah, a bit crazy for some people, um, but our dreams are constantly confirming like you're going the right way. This is what you should be doing. And when you go to sleep and you wake up just feeling so fulfilled it's like, thank God there's more to life than just Netflix and chill. You know, you can go and have this whole other life. Yeah, it's just so incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Now, talking about how you are guiding other men, like you're an amazing coach. You have a few events coming up. So the first one I'll talk about is dream related. And you run a thing called the Dream Temple. Now, I was super duper duper excited when I found out that there was another Australian dreamer and that you were only an hour away from my place. And I'd never been to an in-person dreaming experience before. What I absolutely loved was the environment that you guys created. It was very like ceremonial, very magical, very like honoring of the dream. It was a very open space where there was absolutely no judgment and it didn't matter if you didn't remember your dreams or if you were like a professional expert dreamer. There was people from all different areas and you brought everyone together in like a tight little community circle and I had the best night ever. I absolutely loved it. So tell us a little bit more about your dream temple and when's the next one and what could people expect if they'd like to come? Thank you, Mel. Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to have you in the Dream Temple. And so I feel like I want to share a little bit around this because for me, I found you through this Dream Temple because I didn't know that 
Like I looked for these kind of things before I created my own dream temple. And this is something I've learned is like, I was like, where can I get more dreaming people in my life? And I wanted like other people I could experience dreams with and talk about dreams with. And I was like, you know what? I just need to create this because I can't find it. And then I, I knew your husband, Sam, and he, he messaged me after I put it down. And he's like, my, my partner's literally running one of these. I think it was two days later, you were running your own dream workshop. And I was like, what? You're like an hour away. So I, I loved that synchronicity, but I also loved it on my end. Like I, I speak of a lot of energetic vibrational match. And before that, I hadn't fully claimed my dreamer. I was like, I'm, I'm not a dreamer. I just want someone else to te- like teach it. And I had to step into that and claim that to then actually meet a person who was an energetic match for that. So I want to bring you in that. And so the next dream temple is on the 15th of September, which is about three weeks away. So why I created this was basically that. I wanted other people to dream with and i also wanted to know more about dreams myself because i don't believe i know everything i i am very far from it and i have a very limited perspective and a limited amount of dreams that i have and so i was like oh how can i create more understanding for myself how can i create more awareness and also allow people to increase their own awareness and i was like i want people to come together to dream because for me it has been that pivotal experience where oh i i do get to increase my awareness i get to even reflect upon myself of oh what might this mean what could that mean and even if i don't find the actual meaning of the dream i increase the awareness of myself which for me is one of the pivot tool pillars of my life to know myself know thyself and so this was it was an experiment it was an idea it was like i just want to create have fun a little bit weird and so what it really looks like is we come together as a community we come together in my place we have a small temple space just in the living room it's set up beautifully we've got statues altars incredible we'll smudge everyone as they come in allow them to drop in there'll be a few ritualistic moments where you know you're guided to drop in and connect a dream and then we do some creative pieces and i love this part because creation helps us to connect to our dreams it helps ke- connect us to the dra- uh, brain states where we actually have deeper dreams so we do some creation together which i don't want to share because this is like a little bit of my favorite mystery moment of like oh we're doing this and like it's probably my favorite end of the evening where i get to just create with people and why i love this so much it's like i i get obsessed about the different levels that this is occurring at so on in the physical level we're just creating together but then like a big intention of this dream is like oh people are coming together to dream together and that fills me because i'm like so much like before i did my first one i got a message from someone who warned me dreaming together is really dangerous and that triggered me a little bit. I was like, literally dreaming, like our, our thing that is so inherent to humans. And I get we're entering altered states of consciousness and there should be some awareness and some consideration and we want to ensure the space is safe and set up and secure and the fields are set and all of that. 
but like to not believe that we can dream together as people like that hurts me because like there's an element of like dream like what are our dreams like not just our the ones we have at night but our physical dreams that we dream for our life what do we dream for the collective humanity and to be like no we're not allowed to do that we're not going to do that because of fear that hurts me so there's this piece of like i'm i want to bring people together to dream together to understand dreams but also dream something bigger dream a new reality dream what we want for this world and to bring that in so there's this like multiple elements and there's a creation piece where we begin to create together and it can be wild it can be like this how is this going to work and why is this happening oh my god that's so wild oh you're like it, it but it we're learning to create together yeah and for me this is a piece where to create a new experience as a human race we need to learn how to create together we need to learn how to meet each one of us not to change them but meet their energy and how that can be a benefit to everyone involved how we can create together to create a new thing and so we do have this creation piece which I'm, I'm pretty passionate about if everyone might get right now and then we um, use some herbs so like mugwort damiana some blue lily some kalia um, passion flower a few other herbs that can like help relax the body help open up dreams to eat and just connect to oneself so mugwort and damiana are the main ones i use for dream states they really help me open blue lily or blue lotus is really good in itself as well because that helps activate the third eye and then we may write a mess uh journal prompt to dream just like asking for dream to show us and like connect to the spirit of dream or the entity of dream and then yeah, we end up dreaming together in the space. I'll guide a meditation to help bring everyone in and down and just into the um, liminal consciousness. And then, yeah, we sleep the night. We wake up in the middle of the night just gently to come out and then just dip back into that river and go back to sleep. And in the morning, we wake up and we discuss the dreams and maybe share insights or perspective of what one another might have. And what that meant to someone and offer them insight or perspective and this is like a really fun piece to me because I, I work a lot with dreams but I still miss things I don't know things and it's about increasing awareness so even if I don't necessarily believe maybe some what someone else says about my dream it gives me an increased awareness which I think it's something so powerful and it's like oh I hadn't considered that oh that's a new possibility there's something else I can see and generally in these constellations everyone brings something to someone else even if it's like an inside it's like oh there's a new perspective i hadn't thought of and i needed to hear that right now so there's some beautiful magic that can occur and just yeah a really powerful experience i loved the whole thing honestly i'm gonna see if Sam's not going to this one, I'm coming. We're going to take it in turns and <laughs> I want to send him so he can experience it. But if he's not going, I'm definitely going to be there. I loved the experience. And it there was a few things there that blew my mind, honestly. Like I haven't been in a room dreaming with a group of people and there were little things that dropped through to me from other people's dreams that, you know, no one would have known. It wasn't communicated at all. And I won't go into detail because I'm not going to share other people's dreams, but 
I had written the intention to dream to show me uh, a dream that is going to be epic and mind-blowing that is made for me to share with others so that they can see the power of dreams. And then I dreamt two things that were very personal for two of the other people in the room and I had no idea and I'm just reading out my dreams and I'm like, and then I saw this and then we went here and it was this person's birthday and this is what they were wearing and this is what I saw and these people's eyes are bulging and their jaws are dropping and I'm like, what? And they're like, that was my dream. And it was just like, I love seeing evidence that the dream world itself is a place that we can go and meet together and that we can all access and it is just another place like we are here it's just not something that we're used to and it was just awesome and I've been looking into like lucid dreamers who meet up in dreams and come back and share the stories that they've both you know been around a dinner table and they could describe you know they've written their own dreams and then you compare them and they're describing the same shirt that so-and-so was wearing and the meal that was on the table and it's just like I love it because so many people and so many I would say haters I actually get online being like oh this girl's just making stuff up like it's all woo woo none of it's real I can't believe she's trying to get you out of your money for this and it's like oh, I'm really sorry that you feel that way. Like, I'd love to give you a free session. Like, obviously, you've just been told by other people to be scared and not to believe in these things. And there is a lot going around online of people saying like, oh, don't look into a mirror in a dream. Or like, if you die in a dream, then you'll actually die. And it creates fear. And dreams are such a thought responsive area that whatever you believe is going to happen is going to happen. And as soon as you decide not to believe what they're saying, it's not going to happen. Like if you think, oh no, I'm going to have another nightmare tonight, then I tell you, you'll have another nightmare tonight. And it is all about your intention. And it's really magic the space that you create when everyone is there together with a shared intention um, it just brings magic into the world. And I really commend you for building the space so that we would come. I'm very energetically drawn to things and I just loved what you did and what you created. So thank you for that. It was awesome. The other thing that you do is you do uh, like a men's gathering and it's called the gathering of men. And it's like a space for men to come together to support one another and grow collectively. And from my understanding, it's kind of about like redefining masculinity, exploring vulnerability, and just embracing our authentic selves. My husband, Sam's also a facilitator in this. And I know that through the shared experiences that men like you have had and creating deep connections, you're really reshaping what it means to be a man in today's world. And I just absolutely love that. I want to thank you <laughs> from the women as a collective. We thank you for creating the men that you're creating and you're just helping the world and and making it a safe space, not just for us, but for you guys to feel safe as well. So that's coming up in September. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah, I would. And, and like in this, I want to share why I'm so passionate about this work as well, because I think that's a big part because it can be like, 
oh yeah, we're doing a men's retreat, but there, there's an essence of like why I'm doing this work. And, and like I, I spoke briefly about it of like being depressed and being anxious. And, and that was like, I don't want to say it was a lot of my life because I wasn't aware of it, but it, my, my life felt a little bit, there was really great moments. And then, you know, I went through the dark night and I didn't know what the hell was happening went through my spiritual awakening and got quite lost in there. And then, you know, I hired some coaches and all of this, but then I sat in a men's circle for the first time, like a year and a half into my journey, maybe two years into my like journey on like in my awakening basically. And it was the first time I allowed myself to cry in front of other men. And I sat in my first, what, like the first circle I went to, it became a regular circle. I think by the third time I broke down in tears because at that point I was considering killing myself. And I shared this in the circle. Like I, I felt like I wanted to die and it broke me. I shared this and the men just held me. And it was like, oh, it was okay to feel this. It, like I've been in therapy, I've done other things and none of it, like I've done a lot of healing with the feminine up this point. Like my coaches, my mentors, they were women before this. And this was like, oh, I could, I could show my emotions to men. And this created a new level of safety within me that actually gave me the courage and strength to meet that part of myself that had wanted to die. And it, it really allowed me to change my life. It put me on a path that really changed the trajectory. Like my trajectory was already on this path, but it opened up new bandwidths. And it was like, oh, as a man, I could be connected to my emotions. I can share that with other men. And this was such a powerful experience that really began to change my life. And so the reason I'm part of this is because I believe that other men can have that as well and actually know they can express these other parts of themselves. And since then, I've done a lot of different men's work where, you know, we can connect to everything from our anger, our rage, to our grief, our sadness. I'm going to be facilitating that another retreat this weekend called Manhood. And that's more of a mythopoetic. So it's speaking to like more, I guess, more of the dream world, but the gathering of men is more about getting into our bodies, into our hearts and realizing we don't need to fucking hide. And especially for myself, one of the things I was afraid of at being a man was my power and being in my power because I got told it was toxic. I got told that it wasn't welcome and I should, I should be a nice guy to make sure women were safe, but that doesn't create fucking safety for women. And this is something I've learned because all it does is create covert contracts where I'll be nice to a woman to get something from her and use her and she'll feel that energetically and it will build resentment and create distance within the relationship instead of being willing to be direct, have boundaries and create a more easeful relationship for everyone. And it was in these spaces that I learned, oh, I can reclaim my power. I can own my power. I can have my power and it's healthy. And in that, I create more safety for women. I create a new generation of men that have been like, oh, yes, it's good to be in your power. And it means you actually get to protect what you love. You get to stand for something. You get to stand for your vision, your purpose. You get to stand for women, your children, the future. Like you actually get to have this. 
And for me, it's like, oh, yeah, that's 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 big. And, and I believe, like, as men, we cause a lot of problems in the world. And I, I want to own that because it's true. You know, I could go into the statistics about men of being the leading like suicide rates in the world, the leading mental health causes, but we're also, you know, attributing shit tons to domestic violence. We're doing addictions. We have all these things that we need to look at as men. And I, I truly believe that's because we have an unhealthy relationship with ourselves. Hmm. And this retreat is about stripping back the layers as men and coming back to who we are and really allowing ourselves to be seen, held, acknowledge our pain if we're in pain, but also meet the parts of ourselves that we may be scared to meet. What I see and from what you're saying, it all really comes down to this one thing for me that I've noticed, and that's that men feel a need to suppress what's happening for them in order to look and appear that they're strong and that they have everything together. And I can honestly say as a woman, I would much prefer for you to sit in front of me and crumble and cry your eyes out and tell me how stressed you are about work and having to, all the lists that are piling up of things you have to do and expectations and everything, sit there and cry and tell me about it rather than be a man, be a man, inverted commas here, and hold up a facade that everything's okay, hold back your tears because, like you said, energetically that comes through. And I can feel that I'm being pushed away and I don't understand why and you're not coping because you're, you've got this shield around you trying to hold everything up. And I just want every man to know who's listening here, women will much prefer for you to cry than to yell. And I mean, if yelling is what you need to get your anger out, then sure, go and do that in a healthy way. But I mean, once you hold back your emotions for so long, all it does is store inside of your body. You're not letting it out in any way. Your guys will drink and drink and drink to try and numb those feelings when maybe all you do need is a good cry or, you know, maybe all you do need is a dance around the fire or to like scream at each other or do like some kind of combat battle masculine thing to like get that energy moving through you rather than just shoving it down, putting a lid on it and trying to pretend that everything's okay. So if if you're a guy and you're listening and this is resonating with you, there is absolutely no judgment because this is what our whole society has conditioned you to be like and that's not your fault. And I want you to just know that you can reach out to Dean or you can reach out to my husband, Sam Johnson, and both of them are amazing masculine coaches that will help you to be able to move that energy through you and to let go of what needs letting go and acknowledge what needs acknowledging so that you can go back to being like a healthy, happy individual who's not shy to communicate his needs and his boundaries. Boom, mic drop. I agree. Drop that fucking money. And yeah, I really, really want to iterate that. And I feel like that deep sense of truth within that. And yeah, if a man like really is feeling that, come join us at the gathering of men. Send myself or Sam a message. Send Melissa a message if you need to get in contact. Like, and, and just allow yourself permission to step into this. Thank you. All right. 
I've got a few more questions for you just because I want to drain all of your goodness and knowledge out for people, get them the best value as possible. They've listened this far. Let's give them some goods and then we'll wrap it up. So (laughs) I wanted you to share with me if there are any books or podcasts or resources that have profoundly influenced your journey and your perspectives that you would recommend. So I feel like one of the first podcasts that really helped open me, and this is going back to like more my feminine side, was the Fort Room, um, which was by a podcast by Hallie Rose, and this was my first coach and mentor, and she really allowed me to be guided back to myself in a deep way. But the reason I share that was so important was because it was the thing that I first said yes to that really changed my life. So I was traveling, living out of my car at this point. And I listened to her, you know, as much as I could. And then I was like, I'm fucking lost right now. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't understand my life. I've been taking too many mushrooms and I'm really, I'm like, I don't get life. And, and I, the night before I prayed to the moon and I was like, give me a sign, give me something to work with here. And the next morning I was listening to a podcast and she's like, Hey, I'm opening up spaces for one-on-one coaching. And I reached out to her and I was like, oh, I have no idea what this is. And I don't know why I'm doing this, but I need to do it. And the next thing I know, it was seven grand for three months and it was everything in my account. And I said yes to it. And I don't know why I said yes to it, but if I didn't, I don't know where I would have been. And, And like, so for me, it was the experience after that. Like just having someone who was having these conversations was really, really powerful. The Alchemist has always been a favorite book of mine by Paulo Kalia. Another book called Soulcraft by Bill Plotkins, which has been something huge. When I started reading that, it just broke me open and I was grieving nearly every time I'd read it. I'd have no idea why. And eventually that led me to my first vision quest, but it just like, tore me open and touched a deep part of my soul that was yearning for something more and was one of my favorite books to really crack me in that way and then there's probably a list a whole list of people that i really consume their content that has helped guide me like i i say this about him one of my man crushes is eric godsey if you know of him, he does like a lot of stuff around dreams, around myth, around like societal and constructs and the artist. He, he calls himself the second brain for Aubrey Marcus. And he, he's someone I really inspires me alongside of like Adam Rower, Dan Coe, um, Carolyn Elliott. They're, they're probably like my people that I really look to at this point in my life. Great. Thank you. I know when you were just saying then about how that book like caused you great to grieve and it cracked you open emotionally like what we're here doing and talking about is really helping people to navigate through transformational experiences with all of this kind of work and that can be both exciting but also challenging so what would be your tips or advice on how people could navigate through the discomfort that often accompanies personal growth So for me, it's always embracing it as much as I can and being able to share with people as well and not to get caught in the story of what this means. 
So a big shadow of mine has been to continue on the story and hold that story. Like, oh, I'm going through grief, so I need to be grieving all the time and not allow myself happiness. Mm -hmm. So I was attached to that identity of grief, of sadness, of being like constricted and shut down. And I didn't allow that to move through me fully. So for me, it would be bringing awareness to any stories or identity we're attached to within the transformation. Because if we're holding onto a specific identity within that, it's going to cause a small pain and suffering. So for that in me was like, I was trying to hold on to the identity of playing small of like, oh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not an expressive person, but you can see me in this podcast. I'm actually kind of expressive. And before that I was like, uh, no, I can't do that. I've got to stay like in myself. So to actually notice the stories and for me, any transformation is a change in identity. So if you're really stuck, actually have a look at the identity that you're, you are right now and consider what is your identity in different areas of your life. So that might be work, business, relationship, finances, health, wealth, like any area and be like, what, what is the box I'm putting myself in here? And consider that and ask yourself that. And ask yourself if you that's who you want to be. Mm. Because that is often what's causing the suffering is you're going through a transformation and you haven't allowed yourself to go through that transformation and you're holding on to that old identity. And that's the discomfort of, oh, I, I don't know if I can be this expressive because my identity has to be to be the small and quiet guy in the corner who doesn't take up too much space. So that identity makes it very uncomfortable to be more expressive, more open. But if I let go of that identity, it allows that transition to be a lot easier. So really notice the stories and just talk to people, like be real with people. That's always uh, an additional thing that I highly recommend and just be like, if, you, if you're going through it, just be truthful. I'm going yes. through it today. Yes. I'm, I, I'm in the fucking depths of it. I feel like I'm losing my mind. It's okay to say that. Have, have safe people that you can share that with. If you don't have that, look well where you can. Like find a men's group, find a women's group, find a community, find a coach, a mentor who can be like, hey, yeah, you can be crazy here. That's okay. And, and hold you in that process. Oh, I love that. Thank you. That is such good advice. That's amazing advice. I love that. And it is so true. I know. I learned this about emotions is it's that some people are scared to go there and let themselves feel those emotions because you don't know how long you're going to get stuck in the depths of it. But I learned that usually when you allow yourself to feel an emotion, as long as you don't get stuck in the storyline too much, if you just feel the emotion, it actually will pass through you within 90 seconds. So if you are grieving or something like that and you feel the tears welling up, just sit and let it go. And then you can just pick yourself back up and go and look for joy, like watch a comedy movie or something like that. Don't feel as though it's wrong because someone's died, you're not allowed to laugh. Like whatever you feel the urge to actually feel what your body's trying to give to you, just go with it and don't worry about what other people think. And don't worry about what you think. Don't judge yourself for it either. 
Thank you, Dean. That was great advice. As we wrap up, what final message or piece of advice would you like to share with our listeners on their journey of just embracing their true selves? This for me is the one that always comes back and like this acknowledgement that each person gets to be who they are. And and this is something that like at times I'm like, oh, do I really get that? And I get it can be hard to embrace who we are because, you know, shame, judgment and conditioning and all of that. But each of us really gets to be who we are. And for me, that is when we bring our biggest gifts to this world because each person was asked for by this universe, by this earth, because it was like, hey, I need this unique person for this unique spot within the ecosystem of the world. And when you're trying to be someone else, you're not filling your own spot. And that creates disharmony within the world and to create harmony within your own life and and the world. Because when all of us actually find that spot and embrace it, of course, we're going to be more connected. We're going to show up and we're going to share ourselves. And so the greatest gift you can give to this world is to be yourself. That's all you need to do. And you get to be that person and you get to just share yourself, your heart, your gifts, your soul, and you get to be loved for that. And that's all you need to be in this world. So just allow yourself, give yourself this gift because it's the most beautiful thing and it's the thing I most desire is to have people who are more themselves, who share themselves. And yeah, that that for me is the most beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah, be yourself because everybody else is taken anyway. (laughs) What an incredible conversation. Thank you, Dean, for sharing your insights, your journey, and your passion for conscious creatorship and personal growth. So to all our listeners, remember that your dreams and your unique path can lead you to become who you came here to be. And until next time, keep exploring, keep embracing the weirdness of life. And remember that your path to self-discovery is your greatest adventure yet. Thank you, Mel. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.